The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Tonight, this Saturday night, we have a show for you. I've been waiting to get this girl on my show for months now. I received, I don't even know how I contact her. It's somewhere through... You know, actually, someone told me about her. They said, hey, check this girl out. She just seems like you guys need to connect. And I, I, I stalked her a little bit on, on social media for a little bit. And then I don't even know how we actually really even connected. I can't remember because I meet so many people all the time. But I told her to send her testimony to me. And she ended up, she didn't even have it recorded at that point. She recorded it. She sent it to me. And my mouth dropped. And I'm like, dang it. I'm so surprised I never met her back in the day. We definitely would have right. uh, ran in the same circles. And just the way she was um, explaining her story and the, and the crowd and everything that she was around. Uh, very, uh, a lot of similarities. But also just to see how God got a hold of her life. And I think it's going to be very inspiring for all you guys that are listening tonight. I have Jesse. Uh, actually via Zoom, but, you know, you guys could hear her or you could even see her on the screen. But, Jesse, thank you for being on the show. Oh, what's going on? Thank you. Yeah, we have the same, like, circle of friends. Yeah. I think that's how we connected. It's yes. a God thing. Yes. I love your show. It's so cool to be on your show. Hey, I'm excited to <laughs> have you. I want, like, three hours. When I, when I heard your testimony, I'm like, I need, like, three or four hours with her. <laughs> I was so intri- yeah, I was so intrigued. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Okay, so check this out. Let's get into it because we only have an hour. Um, yeah. Okay, so first of all, where in the heck did you grow up? Because you know, obviously, you know, I'm looking at you, and you got a lot of you're covered in tattoos, and uh, you could tell you so actually much. have a very colorful past. Um, and but how like where did you grow up, and how did you? Um, like what? What was the lifestyle? Were you were you like religious when you grew up? Um, what was your background? Um, so I was raised in Detroit. I love Detroit. Detroit's a great city. I don't know if you guys have been through Detroit with whosoever, but not yet. It's a great city. Yeah, you gotta go, um, Detroit. Um, straight out the gate, my family was like it was like a family curse, chaos. You know, um, lots of schizophrenia. <laughs> Um, mur- like close family members like murdered one another. There's like rape, you know, wow. all sorts of. So it's like a family curse. It's you know kind of a hectic. We weren't the kind of family that gets together for Thanksgiving or even likes to be in the same room be- with each other. So now you, are you talking not, about your immediate uh, family, or are you talking about like even like your your uncles and everybody in the family? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, immediate family and a little bit. Yeah, so. Wow. There really wasn't like a family foundation. Yeah. So, um, but I did have a single mom and uh, she was, she's a tough lady. So single mom and I had a sister and uh, my dad wasn't really around, uh, classic story. And um, growing up, like we were poor, um, you know, but Detroit was awesome. Like everybody played together. I was kind of the minority in school. It was cool. Um and then into my childhood, my sister developed uh, leukemia, and that was really hard on my mom. So my mom was going to school full-time, working full-time, 
and taking care of my sister. That's you know, so tough. I just I have so much love for yeah, yeah single moms and single dads. Yeah. So yeah, she was doing that, and so I had a lot of time like by myself, and I really found therapy and music. So I would just go in the basement. And I would like headbang and dance and, you know, all that kind of thing. So I really found therapy with music. Um, so we lost my sister. Uh, she passed away when she was nine and I was eight. And then a year later, my dad started coming around. He was a really cool guy. He was an artist, like starving artist. Um, my mom and him both were kind of partiers too. So um, he died of AIDS when I was nine. So and, he came around when you were eight, and then he died by nine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He found out he was dying, and then he spent so much time with me. It was really cool. You know, it was mm-hmm. cool. Um, so I have some really good memories from, like, the last year of his life. And he passed. And at, like, nine years old, um, I was just like, where do people go when they die? It really started getting me thinking kind of spiritually, like, what happens? Where do they go? You know, will I see them again? What does that mean? Um. And those, so those that are, kind of got my wheels turning. Those are those are uh, good questions for. There's actually a lot of people that actually think those questions, and you didn't even grow up really religious or anything like that. And these are those questions. Like, no, am not I at all. See people again. Whatever happens to us after I die. So where'd you go for those answers, or were they more just yeah. like you're thinking about it? Just thinking about, like contemplating, like what life was and what yeah. we're here for. I remember just like thinking about that when I was nine. Well, um, and then. So kind of to cope, I just became, like, I guess a bit of a perfectionist. I like, threw myself into school. I was real nerdy, super shy. I'm still pretty nerdy and shy. Um, and I loved, like, cheerleading. I was, like, competitive cheerleader, super goofy. Um, and then I found this after-school Christian group. And I had this Christian leader, and he was like, you guys will, in your generation, you'll see um, the second coming of Jesus. Like, I just know, he was so deep, and, like, his eyes were, like, I just remember there was fire in his eyes. He was on fire for Christ. You're like, dang! Yeah. Oh, man. And don't you feel like sometimes we're kind of like walking through it? You know, I think think you might be right. So, anyway, he was like on fire for Jesus, um, unapologetically. And that always kind of stuck with me. So, that was junior high, and that kind of just planted the seed. Uh, Super nerdy, kind of got bullied, and um, super shy, like painfully shy. And, um... Anyway, later on, uh, my mom, to cope with everything, too, she went through, like, a lot of trauma, a lot of yeah, pain. totally. Um, God bless her. Like, tough lady. She, like, started drinking heavily and all that stuff. And she started just being, like, the wrong kind of guys, the wrong kind of men. And she found this man who was an ex-cop, like, real tall cowboy dude. And he was so angry. And um, it's funny to talk about him now because I really tried to practice forgiveness and Right. Um, you know, letting go. Yeah. But um, just to explain kind of like what that was like, he was so intense and so angry. And um, like every day he would just call me names, tell me I'd not amount to anything. And verbally, abusive. it was a bummer. It just kind of, yeah. Yeah. It just really spun me out. And um, my mom was just kind of like joining him in that. And like, I love her so much too. So it's funny, but. That really changed me because I just, I didn't know like what to do with that and how to process that. Um, so, um, I started to kind of lose my faith 
because it was just constantly like talked down to and sort of just like death spoken over me. And I was just yeah. bummed. Yeah. Just made me really bummed out. I lost kind of that motivation um, and that focus on Jesus and school and sports. I was just like, oh man. Um, I started to develop, Lady Gaga calls it like a fame monster. Mm-hmm. So I started to develop this sort of um, like a, like an envy for celebrities. I'm looking at, like I grew up listening to Michael Jackson and stuff. And I was like, all right, well, if someone calls you a loser and that you want to match anything, like what would be the best case scenario to prove them wrong? Be a celebrity. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, what is the formula to be a celebrity? So I just started like really thinking about that and like wanting to walk towards being famous somehow. I'm like, all right, I'm not an actor. I'm not a singer. <laughs> what am I going to do? So anyway, um, I was on dance team and really focused on dance and wanted to explore like show business and that kind of thing. And anyway, but I was super depressed. Um, I started, you're, still, you're still in high school at this point or are you out now? High school. Okay. High school. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was still around. Just He really, every day was just terrible to go home. It was just like, uh, just toxic. It was really rough. And I would try to run away, but they would like report me as a runaway um, he would call the cops on me for like random things. So I got put on a tether, um, dropped off at juvie, like a mental home. It was just like in a matter of two years, I went from like all A's to, uh, I ended up getting expelled cause I just, I just couldn't put my mind into school anymore. Yeah. It just was a mess. So that really spun me up. And, um, so what, what here? So, so at, at this point, so now. Yeah. So now you um you're at juvie, you went to a mental home, um, you're out of Boo. school. You're out of school at this <laughs> point. Like, what do you what are you thinking now? Like, what are you gonna do with your life since everything has completely switched from being this good little girl, going to school, going to church on campus, and having a relationship with mm-hmm. God? It's everything's completely distorted from all the abuse and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I had just planned to. I wanted to move to New York City or you know, get into art, um, performance, that kind of stuff. So I was really driven. Um, and I practice dance. So like every day I was like, right. you know, um, really like training in that and kind of focus on that. And I was just like, in my mind, I was kind of like, well, I don't really need school anyway to you know, like audition for things and that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so, and I was just being real goofy. Like I went from being real shy to showing up at school, just being super goofy. I just wanted like, some kind of attention, like someone to just, I don't know. So I just make people laugh, just super goofy stuff, like going down the hall and like garbage cans and um, just goofy stuff, you know? And they just thought I was just being too silly. So I got expelled um, and actually had pretty good grades at the time. So I was like, whoa, you know, that's pretty final. That just, and I, I literally was begging them, like, can I go to prom? I want to go to prom. I went every prom, like in the community, like in the surrounding cities. <laughs> like, you got to let me go to prom. So they said, okay, but I was expelled. And um, so, yeah. And then I started working full time. I had all these like random jobs. Um, I was like a Quiznos cop. When I was telling you, I love being um, a mascot. I was like this Quiznos cop. Oh, you and were? I would be this yeah. Well, that, that job's still open for you cool. on tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love being a mascot. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and so, yeah, I had all these random jobs and I was finally old enough to legally move out of the house. So I did. 
Um, and I lived in a trailer with like a bunch of people and I was so broke and it was so hard to get a car, flip phone, yeah, pay for rent, pay for food. But anyway, I was like doing all these jobs. I was working a ton and, um, I answered this ad in the paper that was like dancers wanted. And I was like, Oh cool. I'm a dancer. Let's dance. And I called and they're like, Oh, it's not that kind of dance. Uh, it was a strip club. And, uh, yeah, so they're like, come on in and audition. And so I brought two of my girlfriends with me and we watched this girl on stage just get rained on, like just money, you know? Right. And, uh, my girlfriends are like, you could do this, you know, why don't you just try it for a night, see how it goes. And if you don't like it, you know, I was like, all right, let's try it for a night. And so my first night, I think I made like 200 bucks and like nothing crazy, but I was like, yes. Yeah. I'm so rich. This is so yeah. good. So, um, yeah, I was like high on life with my 200 bucks. And, <laughs> um, you but, know, hey, I, I, I got a question for you. Was that something that you ever decided like, you know what? I would never strip or I'll never put myself in this situation or it just never like dawned on you that you would even be doing something like that. You know, the previous, like the real me, the previous, before I had that sort of like stepdad and stuff would have never, I was actually a virgin until I was 18. Yeah. And, um, I found stripping at 19. So it was like, just quickly ended up like in the wrong little circle. It there. does. It quickly really escalates quickly. sometimes. Yeah. So, oh, man. so here you are, you got uh, no money and now you you got rained on and now you got a bunch of cash. So now, <laughs> now what are you thinking at this point? Like going into full-time stripping or this is just gonna be a way to get my, get on my feet. Yeah, so it pretty much um, helped me to get an apartment and that kind of thing. I could support myself, and and so I guess I just saw that as a yeah, as an out. So I found like my stripper family, and we were all close, and you know, like best friends and everything. And I guess if you don't have like a strong family, when you find that like yeah. some sort of community somewhere, yeah. Um, and just, like, attention from men and stuff like that really started to fill, like, a void. And I think that's kind of a classic story with a lot of women is, like, if you don't have that strong father figure at home, mm-hmm. like, you tend to go to certain avenues to replace that with. Yeah. Whether it's attention from men or sort of, like, an empowerment with your sexuality and that kind of thing. So, so, um, what, so yeah. what, what, were the, what were the situations or what were the events that happened that – there was like a turn of events of, of your plat. Basically, I guess you would say your platform started growing. So I guess, well, so I just been doing that whole thing. And then I, I went to Burning Man. Oh boy. What year was, was my this? first Burning Man. Oh, was the first one? This was, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe 2006. 2006. 2006. I started, you know, getting into, like, the rave scene and all that, and then went to my first Burning Man. And so Burning Man is a wild party. It's crazy. Um, But also there's a lot of people that are, like, on their game, you know? So you have, like, all the lead, you know, CEOs of the world and people that are really on their game. And I was like, oh, man, I'm just, like, a stripper, you know? And I was sort of embarrassed to tell people I was a stripper. And so I was like, I got to, like, do something with my life, right? So let's figure something out. Anyway, I started um, getting into personal training and health and that kind of thing. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to leave Detroit. I want to move to Vegas. So um, 
I packed my bags, I moved to Vegas, and I swore that I would never strip again. And that I would just finally, like, go for my dreams, go for the goals, and, you know, like, audition for everything, get a show business. Yeah. So, so I went to Vegas, and right when I got there, I just started meeting as many people. I was on my hustle so hard. It was so insane. Like, I don't think I, I was just relentless about it. And um, I had all of these goals and these dreams and things that I wanted to do. And it was so wild that, you know, if you just keep sticking to things and keep at it, like you, you can kind of start knocking stuff off. Like, you, you know, it kind of lines up and it works out. But I was really just motivated um, with, gosh, it was like, a, it was, it seems like quite self-centered when I look back, you know, it's like, um, it all revolves kind of around yourself a little bit when you're your brand, you know? Yeah, always, yes. Yeah, so you like put yourself on pedestal. It's so wild, uh, like with modeling, and then I started doing um, like weekly shows. I did all sorts of stuff from uh, like a magician's assistant to like reality TV. Um, toured with a bunch of uh, electronic music festivals. I was like a fire performer. Yeah, I and um, I had a lot of yeah. That had like a lot of um, circus sideshow friends and. That's a really, I don't know, it's pretty wild. So that was like a whole, okay. wow. So un- unpacking that, so you're, you're, now you're in Vegas and you're in the mix with all kinds of different scenes and different environments. Well, what, what's going on with you now? Do you think like at that point, because I would say that's pretty successful, like you, you filled that empty void, if you want to say that, with like from being a stripper to actually a performer, you're your own brand. I mean, you're, 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 you're successful at this point. You know, in the in the in the world's eyes, were you still empty? Were you were there thoughts of God? Were like what was kind of going on in your head at this point, or were you just more like like mm-hmm. when I was in that situation? I was just like, wee, <laughs> you know, just going right. crazy and girls and drugs and alcohol and just like it just it, new sure stuff enough. every night, just kind of lost in la la land, you know, of of all this yeah. the, the, the the light show, if you will. Um, not really thinking yeah. too much. Yeah, just the dopamine life. Like, yeah, ah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're so caught up. So, what were what were yeah, some scenarios? So, so you're in this you're in this mix, and you became even a you were a um, suicide girl, correct? Yeah, I was just going to mention that. So that really kind of catapulted things. Oh, okay. You know, um, yeah. So that's like a huge brand. And their fans are just crazy. Tell, you know, tell, they're crazy. Tell, so, tell the listeners a little bit about what a suicide girl is. Uh, I feel so funny promoting them because I don't really want anybody to go and check them out. So uh, just take my word for it. It's like, okay, I got it. Yeah, I don't want anybody to actually check them out. But for the right, like, just uh, like fill you in for like educational purposes. Um, suicide girls is like a playboy for like tattooed models and um, they have like millions of fans and they have like a tour world tour and all that kind of stuff so I went on the tours and we would play these sold out shows and I remember these walls we played a lot of like house of blues and they were sold out it was crazy and we got to put our names like on the wall with um, all these different bands like uh, Kings of Leon and like all, all the bands and I remember we got to put our name on the board where we had sold out shows, like, with these mega bands. And I was like, well, this is crazy, you know? 
And I was like stage diving with like, oh, there's so many people. I was crazy, just pouring alcohol on people. And I was like, this is my job. This is wild. Um, so that was, that was crazy. But that probably like catapulted, you know, sort of the, um, like the, I don't know, little theme monster kind of thing yeah. for a bit. And that was kind of cool. I did a bunch of really cheesy reality shows. That was pretty goofy. I got married on reality TV, but it like wasn't legal. <laughs> Yeah, it was goofy. So you're, yeah, so you're. Um, there's a lot of obviously. There's a lot of moving parts here in your yeah. life, and wild. You've uh, you've reached a lot of your dreams, obviously, right? For for stuff that you want to do, a lot of cool little like yeah, interesting events that you're that you're involved with. You're a suicide girl. You're the. I mean, that's in that whole scene. That that's a pretty big deal at that point. But what? So what was it? Because I mean, I think we have like eight minutes before the end of the first half, and we, we have oh, okay. we, we still have we still have the whole second half. We still got more time, but I just want to make sure yeah. you have enough time to tell everything. Um, so yeah, you, yeah. So what were the what were the next things in your career that got you basically to the point to where you were like, okay, there's some things happening in my life where something doesn't feel right, or maybe God was trying to get your attention. Mm. What were what were those? Yeah. We, have, we have plenty of time till the end of the break. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I guess I just, I started experimenting with drugs and so there's acid and there's things and, um, man, so after I kind of just went through the cycle where like the dreams came true, the things happened, you know, and I was like just repeating the same cycle. Um, I got an offer to do shows like in a strip club again. And, um, so I'd be like a feature performer and you travel and all that. And it was a lot of money and I was like, okay, um, I'm going to do this. And so I did for three years, I toured and did um, like strip clubs. So my life was just surrounded by strip club after strip club after strip club. And then I was getting offers for like porn and I was thinking like, Oh, that's going to kill me. And I just started to kind of dwell in that. I never did porn, but I started to just kind of walk closer to that. And that really, that really started getting me to think of like, I'm going too far, you know, like no judgment on anybody. Yeah. But it really started to, like, hurt my heart. I started really feeling conviction because people, um, I even had friends that were um, in prostitution, and it was low-key. Like, they don't tell people about it, but they're just, like, low-key. And I just started to see, like, around me that things started to get darker, and, like, my connections weren't, like, real human connections. The way people treated me, it was more, um, like, surface encounter, and it's just, like, being in clubs all the time. And then, you know, everything is kind of focused on myself and that just started to feel so creepy yeah. I was like this is weird man you know I don't like it like I wanna that's not what life is about just it, started, like, what's, crazy, what's crazy is what you just said is like the way you kind of pulled away from the perfor- the other performing where it's more interaction with people and then you end up in this club mm-hmm. circuit or strip club circuit now you're an object basically so there's yeah. not they're yeah. just using you as an object to come in and perform and get naked or do whatever you're doing and then move on to yeah. the next thing, which that's crazy. That scene is real dark, huh? That whole. Yeah. Yeah. It gets messed up because really, I remember I had one person, like one manager yell at me because it was all nude and I didn't like doing all nude. And they yelled at me because I didn't take my bottoms off. I was like, they really like screamed at me. And then that was the point where I was like, oh man, that is really like not right. They screamed at me in front of, um, people in the audience are like you didn't take your bottom blah, blah. and i was like that's so weird like do you have a daughter 
would you say, like, what if someone said that to your daughter and he just like froze, you know? Like, no way. oh man, this is so weird. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. So they don't care about the show or the entertainment value necessarily. It was like more about just shaking your whatever, yeah. your bits. And yeah. I was like, oh. Yep, yep. exactly. So, so. So, so yeah, here you are. Getting, now you're getting offers to go to porn to the next level because every cause sin always gets darker and darker and darker. And yeah. there was like this conviction. The Holy Spirit's kind of com- mm-hmm. it's convicting you to be like, okay, you know what? That's you're gonna go and you're gonna go. I mean, that's just another level. Yeah, it's just another level. It's not yeah. we're not casting judgment on anyone, but it's just like you start by drinking some booze, then you start smoking some weed, then you mm-hmm. start doing some cocaine these are doing some crack heroin it's like it's just there's different levels at the end of the day sin is sin yeah there's there's just different stages or levels so yeah i was buddhist at the time time, so i really wasn't thinking a lot about jesus and i was buddhist and like in buddhism as long as you have like good intentions you know things are all right so um yeah, at that point, it's just, I started to get real low. I started to, like, feel suicidal. I just started to feel like, wow, no one around me, like, deeply cares. And I just, like, you know, like, we don't kick it. I don't go to your house and, like, kick it and watch a movie with my girlfriends. Like, we just party. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's it's just, um, yeah, very surface level and everything. So I just started to feel super empty, super sad, and, like, just not fulfilled by any of it. And I would just be at, like, parties. And I remember being at these parties and, um, and I would go in the bathroom and just sort of sit there like, I don't want to be here. Why am I here? You know? And, um, but it just like hurt me to be at home anyway. So I just started to get real empty, like suicidal and everything just started getting closer and closer to that edge where, um, yeah, where everything was either like I was going to go into porn or I should sort something out. Um, and what kind of happened, I guess is like, uh, I took a drug that was, I don't even know, some designer drug one night, and I was so sick, and uh, I spent the night, you know, in the toilet, like, had <laughs> toilet, that whole thing, mm. and I remember I, like, begged for my soul to Jesus. I was just like, Jesus, that was probably the first time I thought about Jesus in a long time, so I was, like, so sick, and I was just pleading to Jesus. I was like, I'm so sorry I left you. I'm so sorry I left you. And I woke up the next day and I told my friends that and they're like, whoa, that's bizarre. And I just started to think about Jesus after that moment. That's crazy, um, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, um, what, I think so, a lot so of people you, have those stories, right? When you started to think, sorry, because I know it's cutting off a little bit. When you started thinking about mm-hmm. Jesus and you told your friends that, was that now, was he starting to kind of come into your mind more often? Or was it just like that one night or he just started, that he'd come into your mind, you know, because the Holy Spirit starts like, speaking to you yeah yeah he definitely did and well i had a best friend too that we hadn't talked in a long time and she was a raver she was gay and she i had heard that she gave her life to jesus and she had a kid and she was married and we were best friends you know we didn't leave each other's side for a long time we had lost touch um and she like i heard that and i was starting to think about jesus and i was like you know what we really got to call her up her name is megan Megan Lavender, and uh, she's just such a bright soul. And I was like, let's call her up. And she came over, and I was low. I was the lowest I'd been. I was, like, straight suicidal and, like, just the thoughts of things going on and, like, the warfare around me. I was just like, oh, I'm so over it. 
And um, so I called her over and she just had this like light in her eyes, this like purity and this like, like her soul was just, just uh, at peace. And she was like happy. And I saw her baby like crawling around the floor and was like, oh my gosh, it made me cry. And uh, I couldn't stop thinking about that. And I, I just, um, I kind of went through a few more gigs and I was like, this is, there's nothing here anymore. There's nothing here. Yeah. And so one day, um, I really just, it was like the day after Christmas and that Christmas I cried the whole Christmas and I was like, just real bummed out. And, uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to pray. I'm just going to like sit in prayer. Let's try this. It's been a long time, a long time. So I sat in prayer and I pretty much just said, Jesus, God. And, uh, I'm like, God, can you hear me? Like, hi. <laughs> and, uh, he met me right there. And that, oh man, my whole, it felt like every cell in my body was just connected to love and, and it was just connected to like what was holy and precious. And it was like, I just surrendered in that moment and it was just like so beautiful. And I couldn't really fathom why I would ever leave that, why I ever left. Hold that thought because we're going to be going back. We're going to be going to a break right now, but on the second half, I want to talk to you about what happened during this encounter and then the transformation Mm -hmm. process, how God led you because you're in a crazy place right now. And even though God said, yes, hello, nice to meet you. uh, There's going to be a serious (laughs) process to come through that a lot of people are are dealing with as well that are listening right now. Um, You guys will be back right after the break. Uh, Two minutes. I have Jesse in studio. Um, It's going to be epic. Thank you guys for tuning in every week. Don't forget to go to thewhosoevers.com and get all the past radio shows. We'll talk to you guys. More of the Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. To the Ryan Reese Show. All right, I got Jesse in studio. We we're talking about her crazy life growing up in Detroit, growing up as a good kid pretty much, but had a lot of obstacles in her life. Her, her sister died from cancer at a young age, or her um, father died of AIDS at, I think she was a nine, single mom, dating a cop that was abusive, just a lot of crazy stuff, and then basically just wiling out. And when I say wiling out, looking for attention. Because home life was crazy. Just like a lot of you that are listening now, home life is crazy and you're looking for love in all the wrong places, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, anyway, yeah. she's been a great dancer. It led her to a career, a showgirl in Vegas, doing all kinds of magic shows, uh, uh, dancing at raves, and became like a, uh, uh, I can't even think of the name of them, um, the, uh, the girls, the uh, what? Suicide, girl. suicide girls, the suicide yeah. girls. And uh, really became famous, but then always end up back in the strip club. And then at this last point, she gave her life to God. She was empty, suicidal, depressed. And that's where I want to pick up is here you are. You saw your friend that's a Christian. You just see that purity. You just see the Holy Spirit. You see God in her life, Mm -hmm. basically. And you want that, and you call out to God. And I want to go back into that moment. So where are you at at this point, and what did you say to God, and how did he respond? 
Yeah, so I feel like God met me right in my bedroom floor when I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to do a prayer, and I'm just going to, I'm going to see if he's listening. And it literally met me right there. It changed my whole life from that moment on. I just felt love, like unconditional love that I was searching for, all over the world searching for this, like, love, and finally felt, um, like, just a peace in my soul, like a rest, like a, a truth just truth and I was just pleading I'm like I'm so sorry I left you God I'm so sorry I left you and I feel like I never from that moment I never really had to guess if he was there or like question my faith it was like literally he met me in that moment yeah and um from that point on I was like okay my life needs to change like I need to let the Lord lead and a lot of things need to change in my life this is a whole mess and um it was really about putting myself aside and letting him uh, direct and that it can be so tough, right? It's like a daily surrender. Okay, well, and, hey, well, well, let's yeah. let's, let's reel it back a little bit because technically yeah. you're dancing at strip clubs, you have an opportunity for for do do porn, you're in a drugs, alcohol, depression, all this stuff. What happened immediately? He revealed himself to you, but what was the process? How did you? What was your next step? What did you do to? to become a Christian or should I say to, to start walking in the ways of, of, of God. Um, you, I was discipled disciple? by yeah. my best, by my friend. Yeah. It's like good to get around other Christians yeah. and in the word, like the Bible is the most important yeah. thing. So uh, I really started reading my word and it brought me right back to that girl in junior high. Like, I was so nerdy. I had my little, you know, gel pens and highlighters, like, in the Word of God. And so it just brought me back there where I started to just unravel all the, like, desensitizing of the world and all the anger I had in my heart for my stepdad and just started to try to, like, practice forgiveness and, like, let that go. So that really drived a lot of the chaos in my life. It was just like, I want to prove it, you know? Yeah, so it was just, he really started working with me on sanctification uh, sobriety. So real quickly, I just started going to church all the time, putting Christians, like, you know, talking to Christians, like stepping away from a lot of my friends. And they were like quite confused. Some were hateful. Some like, you know, it was weird. That was a weird time. And I think when you're coming to Christ, like that's always a season for new Christians, that it's, it's a bit awkward, right? For family members or for friends that aren't quite, that it's going to take some time. And it's not always graceful. And you just got to like, I, you I, know, give it I to call God. that I call that season the identity crisis season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hectic. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you feel like lonely and kind of it's awkward and whatever, and you gotta like explain. You're not ready for apologetics yet either, and they'll hit you with all the the biblical stuff. You're like, I'm not ready. You yeah. know, yeah, totally. Just growing and growing in the Lord, so like a baby in Christ, and um, so yeah, He really works with me on sanctification and um. Yeah, the sobriety, like, I just got sober quick. I wanted to, like, take care of myself, work on, like, health stuff again. And um, I had, like, a year's worth of gigs in the strip club, like, feature industry. They book, like, a year ahead. Like, everything's booked up. So you're still no booked, but you're a Christian now. All gigs. <laughs> but I'm a Christian. A Christian stripper. Like, oh, what a mess. Yeah. So I had to call. I literally, I was like, okay, we need to, like, sabotage my career here, I guess, you know, like it's like, that's it. So I started calling, uh, like call my agents. And one was like, Jess, I'm so proud of you. Like, this is cool. Um, 
you know, I'm be praying for you and I'm glad you're doing this. Like, it's all right. Um, I have two gigs left that I need you to do and the rest I'll cancel. And it's like, fair. Okay, fair. Um, the other one was like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. He was so mad because they had so many gigs, you know, in contracts. They're like, you're going to get sued. And um, they came down heavy on me. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give it to God. Like, okay, sue me. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. You know, like, I'm not going to get naked in club. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I had to call like a year's worth of gigs and just say, hi, I gave my life to Jesus. So I'm not going to be at your club. And, uh, like some of them are, I don't know, they're like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Like, what are you talking about? Um, they're like, okay. That and, um, would have been a crazy phone like, call to, to, I would love to hear the response. Yeah. People. A bunch of them. I had to sit there and call and, um, I was like, well, this is wild. And I had two more gigs that I had to do. And what was so strange, it was like, uh, one of them, I can't remember where, I think it was like Wyoming or something. And that was like one of the last two that the last one was Vegas and I'll get to that one, but, um, Wyoming. So I go to this club and I told the people ahead of time, um, and they were really cool. They're like, you don't have to get topless. Like we understand, um, you know, like we're glad you're doing and going, you know, going down a different road. Like we support you in that, but we're just going to get through this last one. And like, you do not have to get topless or whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, cool. And um, the security guard was Christian. And he's like, yeah, I've been thinking about getting out of this for a while. And we, like, prayed together. And I was like, you know, brother, I pray that you, you know, that the Lord leads you. And then this waitress had a miscarriage. She was pregnant. And it was my last show. Uh, the last time I was supposed to go on stage at this, this uh, spot in Wyoming. And um, it was weird because I was wearing all white and she was bleeding out. You know, TMI. She, I know you have had, kids and stuff. She had a- she had a miscarriage in the strip miscarriage club. Miscarriage in the strip club. Oh, dang. She comes backstage. Her husband's freaking out. She's, like, you know, trying to just, you know, find, like, a center and relax. And, like, she's bleeding out. And so I just went over and prayed for her. And I'm just, like, you know, like, God's got you in this. And, you know, something wasn't healthy with the baby. You know, like, I'm just praying over her. And I'm, like, you were loved. It's okay. You're going to get through this. And I was just, we were praying for the husband too. And he started to calm down. We're just, it was like such a God moment. It was so wild because the strip club's meant to be sexy and stuff, right? But like backstage, this is going down. And um, so I'm just like holding her hand. I'm like, all right. And they're like, are you ready to go on stage? And I was like, yeah, let's go on stage. <laughs> and she's going out in a stretcher into the, the ambulance. And then I go on stage. And it was just like this quiet show with like a few, um, 18 year olds it was like another two sides of the club was like all nude and whatever and there's like a bunch of just like 18 year olds all rowdy and i'm like 32 i'm just like what the heck you know like this is dumb yeah and um so i just did like fire show and whatever and i was just so unenthusiastic but these kids were like Bleh! and um so it was done and i was like ah oh, you know what's done okay one left and um so that was that was that one and um and the last one I had to do was in Vegas. And that was really, um, it, was, it gave me so much anxiety <laughs> because my friends, like all of my like raver buddies and all that kind of stuff, were doing a party upstairs of Hustler Club. And uh, that same night, so they're all like, oh, we can't wait to see your show. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, I want to go to this show. And I just want to like, it says in my contract, all I have to do is a show in the building. 
So I could go into the bathroom and I could just, you know, give people hugs and that's my show. I was like, I should just eat cereal and that's my show. Like, I don't care. And, um, and they had these like banners of me and stuff. And it was just like this beautiful club. And then my friends are partying upstairs and they're so excited. And like, I didn't want to tell them that they're not going to get like a good show or whatever, you know? Mm. But, um, I was just like, I want to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and have this like bulletin that just said like, you know, I just gave my life to Jesus. Do you want a sandwich or like something stupid, like, <laughs> like uh, Andy Kaufman style or just like something dumb, you know? So I went to the club and I had this Christian music on my hard drive and I gave Christian it to music? the DJ and he's Christian music. Christian music. <laughs> this is Christian music. All right. In the club in Vegas. And then um, I wore all white and I got on stage and uh, I had one of my best friends come who's a former suicide girl too and she's Christian uh, for support because I was scared. Like I was like, you know what? I just want to, what is the best case scenario in this gig? I was like, I want everybody to leave the strip club. That's the best case scenario. Yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe I'm kind of a jerk, I guess, for doing that. <laughs> Did they play the Christian so music? Like, so we played the Christian music. <laughs> And um, <laughs> um, and it was like Christian, um, kind of like housey stuff, you know. Oh, so it was right. like it was Christian, it was gospel, it was gospel. But um, and I I just twirled and twirled around, and I went around to everyone, and I like looked them deep in the eye, and I like gave them a hug, and um, I think people actually enjoyed that. Like it seems like they like hugged me, and they're like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I just went around the room, gave everyone a hug. And then I uh, went back on stage and, you know, just kind of like twirled around to Christian music. And it was just like not at all the same show I would have done, you know, because I was just twirling until it was over. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I was now, like, ah. so now that you're done, these are the, the last two shows. Okay. So yeah. you're out of contract. What? Yeah. Because we have 13 minutes left and I want to make sure. That oh, snap. Yeah, no, time flies. Yeah. Time flies when you're on yeah, the show. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. It's all good. This dude, that I think I've never heard a story like that. Actually, that was that was insane. That they even played Christian music you inside. Just gotta the let it club. go. And you're in contract. Yeah. You're supposed to go be doing your thing, and you're just like, I'm just gonna dress. I want to go and hug people and give people high fives. And God, it's it's almost yeah. like God just gave you that grace to. Yeah. He gave you that grace to. Yeah. Just get out and not have to do anything, yeah. and literally just dumb down the yeah. whole. Yeah, and the owner of the club was like it's cool don't even worry about it like i appreciate what you're doing you know yeah. he was cool about it yeah, that's insane. I'm like whoa that's insane and he just let me out of the contract and let me go and that was it and um so shortly after that i was like what do i want to do with my life i just kind of focused so much on like finding a purpose quickly yeah um i tried to go to africa and that just fell flat um i ended up moving into my van and just toured until I could figure out like what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. Cause I just want to leave Vegas, you know? Yeah. And so for a year I just traveled, I turned my, my van into a house, traveled around and, uh, did yeah. that kind of van life. Dope. And that was cool. And then, um, uh, quickly I got hired into a show back in Vegas and it was like a big, beautiful show. And it was supposed to be a family show. And it was like doing fire performance. Um, the producers were like Beyonce's producers. It was a big glamorous show, and I started doing that again. And I was just like, my heart was convicted. So again, I, I left that because um, I just felt like Vegas pulled me back in when I had tried to leave. And 
So I ended up in Hookers for Jesus in Annie LeBear's house. You ended up with Annie LeBear. Yeah. No way. Annie LeBear. Yeah. For three months, I was in Destiny House and just loved on. They were so good to to those girls. And, like, they just, like, just love on you with the love of Christ and unconditional love. It, you're away from the world stuff. Like, you surrender your cell phone. And that was, like, one of the best things that I just needed that. Away from social media. Away from, you know, you're just. Yeah. Reading the Bible, you get biblical homework, you like, you know, Jesus, all the yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And she is such a mentor to me, too, and she's an amazing woman. And so Hookers for Jesus kind of set me up for a bit more success on my walk. I felt like I was just, you know, kind of striding a little better. Ended up in Buffalo. Um, and now I work with a group called uh, Path of Western New York. So similar to what Annie does on Path of Western New York helps people from sex trafficking and that kind of thing. So I volunteer there, um, and I really feel drawn towards like helping women from women from trafficking and yeah. sexual abuse and yeah. anything like that. So that's I love that. That's and um, I do caregiving. Yeah, yeah. I'm like just a person now. It's kind of crazy. Like yeah. now I'm just like a person. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Wow. And you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're I do in like in home caregiving. Oh, you, okay. I'm sorry. You do that as well. The home giving. Tell, tell us a little. Yeah, I do caregiving and like, yeah, like caring for old people, like grandmas and grandpas, quadriplegics, things like that. And um, it cracks me up sometimes because we'll share stories and I'll tell stories like how glamorous my life, like quote unquote glamorous my life was at one point. And now it's like, you know, you deal with like a lot of poop and. <laughs> it's real like yeah. realness and yeah. i love that but it's just like caring and loving on someone is like just real and um that like is so fulfilling and god really has put beautiful christians and people in my life and um just fulfilling good stuff and it's like the simple things that that really count now and like you don't really have to go to like the craziest rave or the you know it's like just really being there with and like having a cup of coffee with like an elderly person while they tell you stories and forget your name. It's just like, Oh, so, you know, yeah. your heart just melts. And, um, anyway, so yeah, I've been sober and, um, sanctified, um, three years now. Um, what do you call it? Celibate. And, um, yeah, God is so good. Dude, He's is just amazing. so good. And, and I think you're... I'm going to school again for, go ahead. Sorry. There's a, there's like a little delay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. Um, I'm going to school soon. I'm still praying on it, but um, I want to go to school for fire. I want to go to school for EMT and then get into firefighting. Do it. So That would be epic. Like, yeah, it seems fun. You can yeah. do it. You can do it. I got several friends in that Yeah, in so you should be a fire performer. Yeah. So you're into health, so you're into health though, too, because my wife... She uh she follows you as well on on Instagram. You you're into you and her like health stuff. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool that she's into health stuff and like awesome supplements. I love that. You know, it's cool. Um. Yeah. Health and fitness. I think fitness is so important. Taking care of ourselves is so important. And um, you know, movement, exercise, just motivating people to take better care of themselves is definitely like a calling and something that I think is important and not to focus so much on, you know, like being fit or like having a six pack, but just to like move, take care of yourself, you know, try to have like, you know, some vegetables in there, just some, you know, good, good practices and in, in life that 
stretching and exercise and movement. That's, that's the whole thing is a lot of people get sick because they're not, or you get back pains or you're getting different, your, your muscles are locking up. That's why you're, you're, you know, you're supposed to be stretching and our muscles like rubber bands. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, cause I'm a yeah. skater and I'm always, you know, something's always happening to me, my body. So I've learned just to constantly be stretching and, and, and moving and shaking. And that keeps, uh, even when you do get hurt, you bounce back quickly, you know, um, just from, yeah. from that stuff. But yes, people need to, you, get, snow, you snowboard too and stuff, right? I grew up, yeah, snowboarding a lot, but I, I've had a lot of knee surgeries, so I'm, I like to be, yeah. I don't want to be connected to anything at this point. I want my skateboard or my surfboard. I could like push away if need be. <laughs> and not yeah, I got gotcha. it. But, uh, we'll see. My wife might want to bring me out of retirement to snowboard here in the, in the winter. So. Woo-hoo! Or maybe skiing, right? I went snowboarding once and I was like, I don't know. I wasn't sure about it. I was yeah. feeling a little too risky. I was like, I'm just going to take it slow. So I think <laughs> I might do skiing. That's hilarious. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, because I'm 35. I'm not trying to hurt myself. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I know that feeling. Um, so I have a question for you. I think you're, yeah. So I have a question for you. Um, any last words to people that are listening right now that are in the situation or maybe going through a similar situation as far as um, mm-hmm. maybe the exact situation or a, a situation where they're just dealing with the anxiety, the depression, uh, hopelessness, being lost, confused, um, just all the different emotions that, mm. that you were going through. What would you say to them? You could say a lot of things to them. What would you like to say to them now to encourage them in, in the place where they're at? You know, you just can't say it enough to press into God because all of this stuff is fading away. Like all these things in the world, like you can have everything, but it really doesn't have, substance or meaning it's about you know like jesus will put things into your life that are that are loving and things that are holy like those things will last you know um and jesus your relationship with jesus is eternal and forever and those are the things that that you're searching for and longing for and so the more we really press into him um the more he can heal our hearts heal our wounds and just surrendering that and laying it down and really asking him to search your heart where uh, where it needs work. Is it unforgiveness? Is it, um, you know, is there certain things you're repeating in your head that are lies, you know, that you're not good enough for those things that those people spoke over you that stuck, you just give it to God and stay in the word, stay in the word and like, just get in that Bible. I know it's hard sometimes for, for Christians even, or like new Christians or whatever, to just open the book and just read it and, and find someone to disciple you, like a good, strong Christian to, to pray for you and to keep checking on you. And, um, and God just replaces those things in your life. Don't be afraid to like, let go of those things that aren't serving you like porn. You're just like, Oh, I can't deal without, without that. Like, um, from a person that was like addicted to sexual attention for a while, like everything's revolved around sex. And for me not to, um, have that for three years and it just becomes easier and you don't even think about it. And you just start, I don't know. It just brings you closer to God and closer to like the relationships in your life are like more meaningful. And, um, so I just don't be afraid to lose everything that you have (laughs) (laughs) because God will replace it with something better. I I liked what you said about just getting someone in your life to, to help disciple you. You need that person 
that you can rely on. You need someone that's actually walking the walk and talking the talk, not someone that's yeah. saying something but not living that life because you got you need someone you could go right. to and bounce ideas off of and and like, okay, well, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. Most likely they're like, hey, guess what? I was there and this is what I did. So yeah. that's, that's that discipleship is you need you need someone solid around you. That's that's basically the real the real deal. You know, you don't want to hang out with a poser, yeah. a guy that's posing yeah. or a woman, woman that's posing to be something. But churches um, that you will find, uh, they have discipleship programs, they have new believer programs. They have these things set up for new believers to, to get on your feet. I had the same thing. I had people around me to, to help me um, walk through it. It wasn't easy, but it gets easier. Like you said, you know, about even like sleeping yeah. around, you're like, it's been three years now. Well, I don't even think about it anymore, you know, and that's a long time, you know, someone that has, you know, comes from a, a life of, of like the way we lived, you know, I think. It, I, I never thought I'd be able to do that. Praise I, God. It, it, and that's how you know that God's real. <laughs> yeah. For real. Oh man, For I could real. never do that on my own ever. There's no way. There's no yeah. way. But the power of God in yeah, us. Yeah. And it's so good to just talk about what you're going through too. Cause when you shed light on it, like I feel like, the enemy, the devil wants you to hide everything, to yeah. keep it quiet, and to make you feel like it's, you know, it, that you need to be ashamed and not tell anyone and keep it a secret. Those are the things where if you're in your mind saying like, oh, I can't tell this person that's discipling me this thing, or I can't, I got to keep this to myself. Usually those are the things that you really need to talk about that the Lord wants to shine some light on and like maybe redirect you. And, uh, and there's nothing too big that God can't forget. You know, so and, and you're not, and we all deal with real life stuff. You got to just let it out, talk about it. And I was, Nothing I was literally going to just say, and you kind of just said it. You said we all deal with you know real life stuff. Like you're gonna mm-hmm. go through hard times. That's normal. Like it's okay. Yeah. Don't feel, don't feel ashamed. Don't isolate yourself. Don't feel like no one understands. Trust me, everybody understands because everyone's human, and we all go through. We're all same. going through it. We all go through it. You know. And we go through yeah. different seasons in our life, and but God is real, and He will get you through it, and He will continue mm. to transform you and uh, change your heart and mind. So, um, any last words? Amen. We have one minute and thirty seconds left. Any last words? Uh, I love your show. It's so cool <laughs> so, to be on your show. I've watched so many episodes. I really want to meet Christina sometime too. She's really cool. She inspires me. Like, what a cool sister in Christ. We got it. Are you, are you guys connected on Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we chat. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. She's awesome. You guys need to connect for sure. Um, and we want. Yeah, to get, I just to... love what you're doing for the youth. You know. We want I love you to what come you're out doing for the. Yeah, I need to be the raccoon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna get up. you. We're gonna get you out on a tour soon. And, um, yeah. we're going to, you're going to, you have you released where yet? Huh? Have you released your next date or anything yet? You uh, said it in California. Not yet. We're waiting till January one one. We have about four different invites to different States and even countries. Um, but we're going to wait till yeah. January first to kind of see where the, you know, what, what the limitations Red. are, but we're, we're, we're going to start yeah. immediately in January in California. So, um, we're going to hit hmm. the skate parks. So you're going to have to, you have to make a, a trip out here and uh, come party with us. Yay! All right. Well, hey, we got 20 yeah, seconds so left. I, so I want to thank you for being on the show. It was awesome. It was encouraging. And, you know, you know, we love you guys. From my family, Crystal, she's been watching what you've been going on in your social media. 
and she thanks you for everything. Oh, the vitamins and all that, and we love you. So thank yeah. you very much. Oh, thank you. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.